Beautiful. So we it's a good lying. time for me to go pee. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. <laughs> By now, all, all means, let's do that. So let me... Um... That's intro music right there. Bro. Stop talking. I'm on the talk. I'm going to have to mute him next time. It's legit. This is Nick Wheelahan right here. At Slevin Wheels on all your social medias. Slevin Wheels. All right, boys. Welcome, Billy. Yeah. Talk to me. We're doing a swap cast here. Yeah. Pert in your outdoors podcast meets the meeting podcast. Is that right? Meeting? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's like a three-way menage. We're is meeting. There a thing? Well, since I'm this close to Jason and we were talking about uncomfortable touching when I first got here, <laughs> I don't think I want to. Keep my hands to myself it's, underneath the table. Yep. Good advice. Keep your times. hands and arms inside the train at all times. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Billy Harvey. Not Billy Pertnier, as my wife thought it was for a long time. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> she really did think that. Oh yeah. So let's go. So let, let's like let's yeah. start from the beginning because yeah. another piece of feedback that I got was introduce your damn selves. Yeah. All right. So uh, welcome to on my end an episode of the meeting. I am Kevin McCann. Uh, that is Jason Ellsworth. Introduce yourselves, or let somebody else introduce introduce you for them. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he totally yeah. just. Yeah. That's okay. Just, well, I'm uh, going to work on not cutting him off today. Yeah, and, and he was gonna, in the middle of talking, and you cut him off. He's going to be respective of my person. I'm Jason Ellsworth. That's that's great. Of what? I mean, do you have a thing? Yeah, I'm uh, Ellsworth Cooks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about Ellsworth Cooks. Uh, I take care of uh, hunting and fishing camps all over the country. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I relieve the host of their duties. I uh, I let guys stay in the field as long as they can, so I can. You know, take care of them. They're coming back to badass hot food, and, and I'm there to tell and hear stories. I love that. Yeah. Passing along the knowledge that you have, getting some knowledge from the folks that, that, that come through camp. It's a neat thing that it's um, super collaborative all the time. You know, it's not just uh, here's how it is. You know, it's it's learning from those guys and how they do things a little differently and and uh, showing those guys how I th- might do things a little differently. And it's a pretty neat thing that we all kind of – Raise each, other, raise each other up together. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and tear that. each other down. Well, that's important. You have to tear things down to build you them do. up. Mm-hmm. You do. So we're going to do a little of both of that today. I think we should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's uh, let's uh, let's also introduce um, the person we're going to be sharing our podcast with today. Billy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your podcast, and everything that's going on in your world, man. Yeah. So my name is Billy Harvey. I'm the host of the Pertinier Outdoors podcast. Um, we started our show back in, I think it was 2019. Uh, mainly focused around deer hunting and conservation is kind of the main things that we talk about. But um, anyone who is, uh, I feel like, multifaceted, I think as you grow as a person, your interests and your the things that you focus on and what's important to you evolve and change, especially if you have a young family and things like that. So my show has kind of evolved quite a bit from the first year that we started. So we're year three now, I guess. And things have just kind of continued to evolve. And there's things in my life that are changing and interests that are changing. So it kind of makes me think differently about what I want to talk about, the people I make connections with. And ultimately that's one of the biggest pieces of, of our show is just making connections with people and building friendships and a community. I think that's ultimately what I, not that I, you know, not that anybody necessarily needs to go out and find new friends, but like 
I feel like I, one of my talents is that I'm a, like, I'm a networker and I love to meet people and I like to make connections of people. And then, and then it's interesting because that's the same way that the three of the three of us have now met each other is just through Jason's abilities to do those same things. And that's why I immediately gravitated to him. And then now meeting you and I look to learn and grow and become friends with you as well, because you have a lot of skills and things that can help someone like myself, who's passionate about food and feeding people and butchering. Like that's something that I was really excited to, you know, get to get and talk to you about and pick your brain about. But uh, that's what I do with a podcast um, in a long, long uh, rendition of it. But I sell school buses by day. That's my my career and my. I love that. Let's let's get more into that. Tell me more about that. Well, you're in the Pittsburgh school district, correct? correct? So the school buses that your kids ride to school, I sell them. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but my like my world and talking about how things just evolve and change. Like my world is over the last calendar year, especially almost exactly a year ago, there was mandates put in place here in New York to electrify all school buses in new york state starting july 1 of 2027 every vehicle that's sold by a dealer to a school or an operator has to be zero emission and that is totally thrown our industry completely sideways because nothing is there yet the technology is not there yet the infrastructure is not there yet so in a very short period of time in a 12-year like my interests like i can't solely worry about whether a buck is living on my property or not. Like now my life is consumed by understanding things much bigger and larger. Yeah. Like you than, said to me today, you have a real job. Like that was messed up. That was, like, it was uncalled we, for, but like, that was we, a shot. I took a shot at you and, and obviously it hurt direct hit. Yeah. 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 He's, he's big and sensitive. Yes. I am. Sorry. It's good. That's why sigh. I love you. That's why I love you. You're, you're really vulnerable. Good. Like you watch any of these like uh, marriage shows or anything. Mm-hmm. Like you're just so vulnerable. Like mm-hmm. he's a really good. Hunter. I look at my wife and I go, "Why? What does that even mean?" She's like, "I don't know. I don't know. I'm not vulnerable." <laughs> I do have an interesting electric car story. Do you? Yeah. Sure. The, um, so the a gentleman bought a new Ford Lightning, which is pretty badass. It's badass. Right? In Naples. Like, um, no, Pennsylvania. Okay. And he had to make it to Iowa in like, which is not, you know, I think it's 16 hours or something like that. Guess how long it took him to get from Pennsylvania to Iowa in his electric lightning. Like four days? Like seven days. No kidding. Yeah. Cause logistics. Yeah. Like of figuring out where to stop to charge. Right. It's a, it was a nightmare. And he, you know, he was doing this whole thing to blow up the fact that he, a piece of equipment he makes fits on this truck and he's like i'll be there in three days and mm. and then missed <laughs> no you won't he drove it took him seven yeah. days to get there and then like missed the entire thing he was supposed to show up to with that truck the electric car thing so, is hard right it's super like, hard because you notice there's a lot of new construction around here mm-hmm. and so i've noticed a lot of these people are having Ports. the charging stations yeah. put into their houses and uh, one of my mentors is an electrician he's taught me how to do a number of things and is one of my favorite people in the entire world and he came here and he was like yeah good luck with that because if enough people do that it's a good thing you got a generator because your power grid's going down quick yeah yeah because the main power that was run into this development was not built to suit that no right but anyways so this is going to be kind of like our our third or fourth or fifth how long have you been doing this? Um, it's been since the fall of 2019 was our so it would have been September of 2019 was our first show, and uh, 
like we've come a long way. I mean, look, we were talking about when I first got here, the equipment that you've got and the setup you have. When I first started, I was using just a, a Rode, uh, or not a Rode, uh, a Zoom H, H6 sure. was what I started with. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we, we had lapel mics that we didn't understand needed to have a power source in order to actually oh, no get kidding. good audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had the boom mic that like attaches like the, an H six is what you're supposed like what reporters use when they're out in the field, like sticking in people's faces. Yep. And uh and just where where like we have come with the show since and it's it's been a lot of fun. But um finding different ways, I think one of the one of the hardest things as a podcaster to do is like how do you get in front of an audience like how do you get people to start listening to you and it is yeah. really hard because yeah. it is a saturated market right now sure so like that's the and that's one of the things i'm interested with you guys is like how what the the driving factor is behind what you are looking to do with your show but then also like what your game plan is of how you get out there and, and start getting it in front of people sure i mean i i think one of the first things is really the the technological uh you know, hurdles to figure out, right? Uh, you, you know, where do you want to record? What are you going to record with? Like, what do you already have, right? And so a lot of the stuff that, you know, I, as I was researching and figure some, figuring things out, like, you know, your iPhone is is good a resource as you have and it's with you all the time, right? So that's kind of where I started and kind of figuring out some things beyond that. And as Jason and I have talked about, I'm a deep down a rabbit hole kind of guy. So I dove and, and here we are. Um, but it's been a ton of fun and that aside. So now, so, so then we got stuff on like files, right? Like we, we got, we had video, we had audio and then getting things edited was just kind of like, okay. And I'd been fooling around with some, you know, some Instagram stories and some things like that, both while the business was open and then I, even more so when we closed as I was kind of just doing stuff with my kids and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, which was just a fun activity with them, right? And I was using a, a program, just a little weird app on my phone. And then obviously getting into this meant I, I was going to need to do something a little bit more professional style, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, dove into some software. Um, and so here we are, but, uh, you know, it, it, Jason and I both are like-minded and sort of like skilled, uh, as far as where we come from Disagree. with food. So, oh, I mean, food, so, 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 so not this, <laughs> so this go, is like, whew, you so know, like go into, go into the food part of it. Cause like, I know that's what you're excited about. Yeah. It, I, I think like, that's kind of, you ever see like in somebody's story or whatever when they get in front of a camera people ask me all the time people ask me all I, nobody's asking I, nobody's asking no me. there's nobody but people are asking me all the time for real about like i i do feel um indebted to a lot of people in my life <clears throat> and when they reach out to me and ask me questions i feel like i should give them a, a few minutes of my time to help them through their process um but that happens a lot and i'm starting to realize like it's really not unfair to the people in the room with me at the time right because you're not paying attention to them it's not paying attention to them i'm not like in the moment last night you know my wife and i haven't had dinner together in a week and i'm cooking dinner and we're kind of hanging out and one of my buddies you know who i love dearly reaches out to me he's like what um what oil do you use for steak and like like and then my gears start going like it's well, how are you doing it? You know, like, mm. and it just keeps going down the rabbit hole and then it's back and forth. It's, you know, 
unfettered access through texts and social media and all that stuff that's like i think if we can put it into like one neat bow and put it out into the world it might help me yeah it's like a constant stream of information and if people are following if they're obviously interested enough to be interacting with you they'll that they will start to consume and follow along with what you're doing so if you're putting good information out there for them and whatever your medium is yeah then you don't have to be bogged down with the constant individual messages you know but i find my, it's so interesting you say that because i find myself the same way like my for like year like one and two like 2018 we started our instagram and then that's when we like a year later we started the podcast and like i i look back at my stuff from back then and i was posting it was just constant phone in front of my face like videos in the story and like just projecting all the stuff out there and then in 2020 my daughter was born my second child she was born and of course it's during the pandemic and like you have all this time on your hands because you're not going to work and um my wife hit me with something that will like it will stick with me forever and it probably changed my life and she's like she's like i feel like you're just not present yeah at home yeah and like i was like oh like in the moment i'm like you know you kind of like get a little defensive like no 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 way yeah and then you start reflecting on that and you're like oh my god like i'm sitting here and it's i'm constantly incessantly checking my phone messaging with people that like it's not that that they don't mean anything to me, but they're not as important as right, my, right. this it's, this it's woman a, and a, these two kids. It's a whim to them, right? And it, this is I also think you can this is a slippery slope because I don't want to sound like I'm just like uh, not grateful for those interactions, but at the same time, like I don't know how to like shut that part off, and it does put me in front of my phone a lot. And and it's funny to me too that um, when I'm like at work now, like when I'm bartending at Green Farm or whatever. Like that sign says, you know, phones are for emergency use only. And like, you know what? I'm not above this. And like, I'm going to shut my phone off for the next eight hours or whatever it is, which is awesome. Yeah. And, and then I have friends who are like, Hey dude, like I text you like four times today. You didn't respond to me. I'm like, yeah, sorry about that. And it's like understood during hunting season. I give you shit a lot of hunting season. If you're texting me during like four yeah. to 6 PM during hunting season, we're fighting. <laughs> like, yeah, we, there's, there's, we can't be friends. We're probably I'm probably in the woods. It's like I'm ultra focused, and my phone is buzzing. And I, it's weird too because the phone is a safety mechanism while hunting. So like you kind of got to have on, or you know, like the ability to to, to be able to use it. Uh, and it's it is a tool. But at the same time, it's it's a, di- know, it's a distraction. It's too. a total distraction. There's yeah. nothing worse. Have you ever stood up like drawing a bow and having your phone buzz in your pocket? Yeah, that's like, why I put it on complete mute. It's such yeah. a good. I mean. It, it, but you forget to do that, and it's like, dude, how do you not know me as a person well enough to like understand that I'm probably doing something like I you live for that hour and a half, you know? Like that's that. So that, so basically, Apple, uh, this is us telling you to put a hunter uh, focus mm, on right. on the next uh, iPhone update, so that all of our hunting friends can be out, still feel safe do everything that they need to do, but not deal with my dumb ass texting Jason <laughs> while he's in a tree stand. Just automatic response. Instead of it saying, I'm driving, it says, yeah. I'm hunting. Yeah, I'll, just, yeah, I'll call it, you back. Don't be dumb. You know what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 Learn your hunting seasons and, pro- and understand that I'll be doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I, I, think there, I think there's a lot of that going on. Like I talk with a lot of my friends, and we're all kind of in that same stage of life, and everybody's kind of stepping back a little bit from the phones and becoming more aware of, how much are using these things how much we're interacting looking at email looking at this like it's going to be interesting to see how 
this is looked back upon, you know, in 20 years, like, oh man, those kids shouldn't have been buried. Cause I was of, of the age where, you know, I grew up without a tablet in front of me and like, I remember, you know, out, out of sight, out of sight, out of mind, like mm-hmm. go outside and play. Yep. Don't be in here where now it's like here, just like, it's a pacifier. It's a, it's a, it's a digital pacifier and it, it is going to be weird to see, but it is cool because from like one aspect of it, like these kids are learning video editing and doing all this stuff that like on TikTok that could, you know, yeah. be pretty badass. But you know, it, it's, it, it is like walk into a restaurant and look at, you know, a group of 30 year old kids, like every single one of them is buried in their phone when. Yeah. For us, it, the, that's, that's the carrot for us right now. Yeah. Right. Um, you get the phone if you do these things. Wait, like, not even the phone. Right. Or, Cause my, my kid doesn't want to play with it. So I've got a, um, <laughs> I've got a now nine and a six year old. Okay. Um, and the nine, both of them. And so one of the reasons, one of the things, so we closed our business and one of the reasons I love talking to guys, dads, fathers, family men, all of it, and people who are enthusiastic like you just talked about who are are looking to put the energy where they may have devoted it into other facets of their life and refocusing it into the most important thing and the most important investment that they have around them, which is their family, right? And Because that's where I'm at. And, and so I love having that around me. And so, you know, my nine-year-old and my six-year-old, that's what they want to do is they, you know, if I let them, if, if, if it was just, you know, you got free reign to do whatever you want to do, devices. Yeah. Right. And when they, when the business was open, they would just be in the office with iPads or on YouTube or on the Nintendo switch. And my wife and I looked at each other and like, this is, this is not, you know, it's not good. This is not living for the, they're still, they're still doing activities and whatnot, but like living in this small box while mom and dad have to do things, that's not really a childhood. So, you know, stepping away from that is where we really needed to be. And, um, and yeah, man, like, the more I, so I, I started doing some building over the summer, right? Like a little bit of, I, I, I told my wife, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put some money into buying some tools. And she was like, why? And I said, like, because number one, we have some things around the house that we need to fix, some things that we could use to have built, um, so on and so forth. And besides, the less I'm on the TV, on my device, on a video game, the less the kids are, mm-hmm. period. Like you can't, yeah. you can't deny that. So let, like, let me set a better example. Let, let me do that. And so all summer long, all fall long, that it, I didn't even have to convince them to do it. They were just like, oh, you're outside, so let's just go chill. And so that's what we did. And you know, then to try to incorporate some of their interests, started videoing stuff, started editing videos with them for reels going onto Instagram and things like that and like caught their attention and they thought that was fun. So, you know, I, I mean, yeah, that's I, cool. I'm no genius, but, you know, try to meet them somewhere in the middle to figure yeah. some shit out. Yeah. And then like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, look, we got 45 minutes before bedtime. You got all of that for Nintendo Switch. I won't bother you for 45 minutes. And you know what that gives me? 45 minutes of quiet time yeah. and I'm into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's fun for me to look back, like look at those situations where I see <clears throat> like those small hits of dopamine that just keep flo- like that, just keep you, I do it like that's like keeps me interacted where 
I caught myself doing this morning. Um, I was on Instagram for like uh, social media for like 45 minutes this morning. And um, I was super pissed at myself. I'm like, well, I just did 40. I'm like, what a waste. And then I realized like, oh, I banged my knee pretty hard. And I'm icing my leg right now. And then like, what's the difference between being on social media, reading a book or watching TV? And, you know, it's different. But, you know, it's it's odd to me to feel guilty about that. But also, if you're feeling guilt, it's probably because, you know, you're not doing something right. Yeah, you know you should be doing something yeah, else. Yeah, but, you know, in this incident today, it was like, oh, I needed to sit down and ice my knee because I'm old and I hit my knee really hard the other day. It and it is I'd, also, I'd like to point out, though, this is two recording sessions in a row where you've referenced bumping into something with your yeah, knee. Yeah, I'm you need to be a little bit more careful. I think it was the same knee issue that I had the other day. It's same knee. Yeah, nothing's changed. We're just... Oh, so, you're, you're, time. so you're just still whining about the same thing. I think so. I think that's what he's if doing. If you guys had this knee pain, you'd be crying on the floor right now. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm tougher than both of you guys. Pain tolerance. All right, all right, here we are. It's 2022. Jason? Yeah. I recognize your pain. <laughs> Fuck. Bastard. Um, let's talk about... Where, 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 where were we going before, we're, before we're that recognition? We were talking about um, the, how tablets take away and how there's real-life things that are fun, like cooking that think about like i i can think about like the last time i was completely in the zone is is me in the kitchen i, I can tell you the best meal i've cooked in the past year and a half and how much fun that was to be completely you know not distracted by anything else and having people respect that like that guy's in the zone and that that is a cool thing to be and i think that's what what if folks understood that, that'd be the, the the thing they were chasing. Sure. You know, not the immediate little ding, 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 things. Well, I think that's what all of like what. But it's hard. It it's is hard. hard. It is and hard. It, it requires practice and it requires dedication and it requires, yeah. sure. you know, understanding that it's going to be uncomfortable and that you're going to be bad at things. And, yeah. you know, and like that hit to your ego and you got to just like. It, so if you've not, if you don't have that in your life already, then you're not. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of the reason I'm doing this is to to hopefully facilitate folks into doing more, you know, gaining that little bit of confidence. When we're talking about pemmican today, like, I've never made pemmican. You've made it. I can guarantee that after I've made it once, I'm going to have super confidence to do it again, and mm-hmm. it's going to get better. Yeah. And how often do people put themselves in those situations now where they are like, I don't know how to do this, and it's such an easy task like for you or you know for you like that it's like how do you not have the confidence to do that and it's just basically putting yourself out there over and over again just jump man yeah just jump yeah like, i think but that's like a human nature thing i think once you get comfortable and didn't jump on one thing now you're like way more likely to jump and start trying to do something else yeah but like if you're stuck in that rut which so many are and i've been there yeah like and I'm there daily. Like you're always trying to like keep yourself on that path. Like it's so hard to stay focused on it. But once you've done something and you're like, yeah, like I ran a marathon, like now I'm not even scared to run a marathon. It's like, if you told me I had to run a marathon this weekend, I'd be like, I'd figure it out. Yeah. Yep. Because you no, did it not once. Me. You know? not, I do not. Well, agree. he has a bad I knee. I do not condone the marathon. He bumped it. Bumped it. Yeah. <laughs> Wailed it on a locker. Now it's a whale. Yeah. Whale. It was a whale. And it was a locker. Humpback. Do you think I'm lying to you? No. Do you want to see my knee? I'm just, listen. No, your pants are too have tight. You ever, have you'd have to go down from the top. Nice have you ever heard the, the story of the one-armed fisherman? He caught a fish that was this big? <laughs> like, I'm just like, that's kind of where your story is going. That's all I'm saying. It is all. Just, you know, I got you. <laughs> that fish was this big. 
<laughs> so, it. so tell me about so so food. Um, Thank Pertnier, about food. hunting. Uh, you know, you're an avid hunter, and you know one of the things that we're excited to kind of talk about is the difference of, uh, you know, vocabulary techniques, traditions that go on when you are coming from an outdoors and hunting tradition, most likely handed down familial or, you know, from friend to friend and so on and so forth, that level of tradition versus restaurant tradition, you know, classically trained technique, so on and so forth. And where those two worlds meet and how a lot, bam, meeting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, like, Talk to us about your experience with with harvesting your your, your venison, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and where you've been going with it. Some some challenges that you've been having, some some things that you want to grow into and learn. And do you prefer harvest or kill? I think well, they're two things. It depends on the conversation and who your who your audience is. I think if you're trying to talk to people about about providing your own meat, I think harvesting is is better received. Mm-hmm. But I think we can't ignore the fact that we're killing something do you, to do you eat it think that you should dumb down what you're doing for the candid audience yeah in a way i do i yeah. think i think today i'm not i'm not no, saying whether it's wrong or right I'm no just, it's a fascinating question because i i catch myself so, so i catch myself saying harvest a lot and harvest is i'm i'm masking something so from a butchery standpoint, yeah. from a, from a from a, a restaurant and butchery standpoint, mm-hmm. I look at it and say they're two separate things that are both part of the process, right? No matter what, there's a kill, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that happens in a slaughter facility or that happens in the wild, nature, in nature, oh, man. that is that is what happens, yeah. right? Whether yeah. or, or or if you're just eating tofu. There were animals that were killed in the process the of, harvesting of, of, of that of producing or of, yeah, of raising the, and producing the, your your soy. I think so it's, long story short. So what I'm what I'm trying to say is yeah. there's always a kill. To me, it's are you harvesting? Yeah. Are you taking advantage of that kill and utilizing what is there for you to consume? You're harvesting and, the meat off of that animal. And and to me, there's levels of harvest, right? Yep. There's there's guys that just go for the back straps. There's guys that are just grinding everything. There's you know, there's all the levels that you and J- and I have talked about, Jason, right? And then so like that's to me where I start to talk to other hunters and go, okay, so like what is the project that you're excited about? What is what's the next culinary step? for you that you're excited about trying yeah, to take yeah. and, and who is it that you're going to go to yep. and, and to, to try to get that. Cause like, I like that about hunting in that it is like, there's a lot of secret to it, but there's also, there's a, there's a camaraderie and there's a, you know, a mentorship there, which I think is invaluable. I think that's the idea of what we're doing is to be good stewards, right? That there's nothing more exciting to me to like, it's something I very much look forward to is like getting a bow in your hands and like hunting with you. Like it's something I very much look forward to because the, just around the, just doing the meet the other day, uh, where, you know, my buddy's uh, got a place not too far away from here that there's two old guys that have been processing meat for I don't know, 40 years, 45 years. I learned more from those two and, and they are looking at me like I'm the expert, like I'm coming in yeah. But, you know, the way they're doing their burger, the way they're stuffing their, like, oh, wow, I never thought of doing that. 
But that shit, like those guys aren't on social media. They're not writing books. No. They're not like all that stuff is leaving with them. So as long as long as I'm invited to like spend time with those guys, I'm all ears. Because yeah. there's something to be learned that those guys, you know, really, I don't know if they want to share it, if they're if they need to share it, but that that book is closing on those guys and yeah. nobody's recording it. And it's so you know, when I get invited to those places, I'm like, I got invited back this Friday and, um, I'm like, yep, I'll be there. Just be and it's, you know, if I'm washing dishes in the corner and can listen to what those guys are talking about and it's not all of it because they're so wrong on so many things, you know, like, but there, there's some of the things that are like, wow, I never thought of doing that. And if I leave there with three or four things that are like valuable pieces of information that I can pass along because I am on social media and I am like in the, like I am in the business of being a steward for what I do know and how to, you know, uh, how to successfully kill harvest, put meat on the table for yourself. Like that's kind of what more my life is bumping me right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is the, the question, what we do as hunters, we're such a small portion of the population the majority of people in this country eat meat, but they don't have a connection to where it came from. Right. And I think one of the biggest things and the problems that we have in the outdoor space with hunters in particular is that we don't express ourselves properly. And we've been given this tool with social media that we can literally at the click of a button, we could go live and mm -hmm. show show us killing an animal or, you know, or processing the animal. It's like, what does that look like? to a walk, somebody who's walking by your window out front of your house and yeah. looks in and goes, oh my God, what are they doing to that thing that's hanging from the ceiling? Right. Like you, like I listened to a podcast yesterday that I won't go into the whole thing, but it was a guy um, who was talking about hunting, but using a metaphor of a fraternity house to explain hunting. And, yeah. all, and it was like, it's, it resonated. And he's trying to get this point across that there are things going on inside of this house that you don't necessarily want the public to see. The neighbors, if your blinds were open and they saw what you were doing in the house, they would be disgusted because they don't understand what you're doing. You have to express what you're doing like to like you're trying to explain it to your mother who could never hurt anything. Yeah. I, you I, know? I think um I I that analogy really works. And I think the the key to the to to making it look good to everybody is reverence for the animal. Like to show that like this the was whole, alive. The whole process. This was alive. It, the, the entire process, like from the from the grip and grin, you know, making sure there's not like crap all over its face, making sure there's not blood everywhere, making sure its tongue's tucked away, like smiling in that picture to know that like you just took something to sustain you, and then the next step, like, all right, I'm gonna treat this meat like gold and make sure it gets into my freezer and consumed, and that's a, a step every 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 piece of it along the way to like open that freezer, relive that. Like this was, you know, that, that's, this is sustaining me. This is, this means something. Right. And I think you're right. A lot of hunters don't express that because they grew up in a certain way. It's like, <laughs> it's barbaric. It's right. And I, I've seen both. Yeah. Right. Um, and I've seen both be the guys that want to fill their freezers. Yeah. Right. So they're also looking to harvest. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, some of those guys don't so, care what you think. And so it's, the truth of it is, and this is something that, you know, is part of sort of everyday society now too. And, uh, that person exists. 
that person isn't 100% great. They're not 100% wrong. Uh, neither am I. And yeah. the interesting part is how is it that I can engage with this person, not necessarily with my intent to change their mind because I like that's, that is, that's selfish on my part. I, I, why would I want to change their mind? Yeah. They, they should want to change their mind or not. And yeah. it's up to them. But, uh, on some level, there is a, you have to separate the art from the artist in, in a lot of people. Right. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. And, you know, but I agree with your thing on presenting yourself well. And that happens in the butchery space as well. Because same thing, in the butchery space, there's been a lot of social media going on inside of our you know, you know, atmosphere. And it, long story short, some of us are, are there to try to promote um, – some of the the really artistic ways that we can try to to market meat and and some of the fun recipe driven things that we can do and some people are so jaded by the idea that people are have lost their connection that there is that separation they're jaded by it to a point where they feel obligated to put it in your face yeah. very blatantly yeah. and and trying to jar you they're yeah. trying they're trying to shock you and i just i i understand why they're trying to do it right but yeah. their motivations and their what they're going to accomplish from it is not going to be what they want yeah i think it's, it's in, you're, um, you're 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 not bringing people in you're not yeah. including people you're further pushing people which away. is from the hunting world is exactly what we don't need i think that's uh for if you have um if you have a voice in the hunting world, you should be leading by example. From this is my opinion is that, you know, I understand why, you know, my old man from Dansville is like, you know, screw them. You know, let me, I don't, you know, here's how it looks. And I, I get that he doesn't care that there, he's not being accepting of the, the world. But I also get that like, this is from, you know, from my aspect, like this isn't a guaranteed way of life, you know, and there's, there's folks that don't pre, you know, if you going down the route, my old man and I, my, my father-in-law last night, we're not talking about the PFAs and the freshwater fish. Did you see that? PFAS? PFAS. Yeah. yeah. So, um, we, my father-in-law is, is a fish, freshwater fish consumer to like a next level. Like he, you know, um, fishes, to feed himself like they eat a ton of fish like where i have a freezer too full of venison he's got a freezer full of, right. of, of fish and uh i asked him last night and i i've been I was trying to like because we've known about it for a week that if anybody doesn't know that um the forever chemicals whatever are being found in freshwater fish on like dangerous levels across the country rivers and lakes so the government is saying that if you consume one meal of freshwater fish, you are now consuming a month's worth of contaminated water from one meal. Did you know this? No. This yeah. is news so to this me. Is, it's scary. But but paint me surprised. I mean, do you want, you want me to put my surprise face down? No. Okay. But I also think like there's a 
reason that the first of all, like this is this is studies from 2015. Sure, right? It's it's old news. How much it, worse has it gotten? Right? How much worse, or has it gotten worse? And and like, at what point do you step back and say like, does you know, do the controlling entities have a vested interest in having people not supply their own meat? And the answer to that is, yeah, sure, should do. Yeah, of course. If you control food population, you can start control. And how many, like when you're, when they're, when the, the message over and over again is that farms and cows are, are create, we all agree climate change is a real thing. But when you start sitting back and pointing the finger of like what's doing it, and from one side of it, it's like, oh, it's the farms and it's the cows that are doing it. Like, really? Really? It's not the jets and the, the, Diesel engine, like not, it's not all those. It's not things. the ships sailing from right, right. side it's not, of the world. It's not, it's not the the avocados that you're flying from California all over the all over the world to put you know fresh greens on your plate. Um, it, it's so me asking him that question and uh, not fully thinking of the rabbit hole that was going to open, but knowing like this is it's as big of a deal for him as it gets right he's it's um, everything to him. he's a medical sales rep he sells cancer tests like he is like this is the question to ask this guy it's like so he's already in the matrix oh Damn. for sure he, he's, because, he's selling for pharma but he's but but the pharma he's selling for are and i guess like you should tell the story is like his can his he does thyroid cancer testing and his cancer tests are 99.9 percent accurate but they cost ten thousand dollars because they're not covered by insurance right right uh, and I'm sure if he watches this, I'm butchering this, but the idea that like the insurance companies won't cover that because it's an expensive test. So they'll give you a test that's like 60%. So yeah, he's in the matrix, but like on the side of the human, not the side of, you know, the, the pharma. And I, I think he did a lot of pharma stuff and felt not so great about it and like moved to this side. And now he lives in the Adirondacks and tries to live a quiet, you know, life. But part of that life is harvesting killing sustaining himself with fresh water fish and venison so asking him that question like he's like what do you think about it and my answer was that what i just said is that if you stand back and look at things the there is a controlling entity that says like if you're self-sufficient you're not a clog in the wheel you're not plugged in right if you're growing your own food if you're you know, harvesting your own food, if you're, you know, fishing and stuff like that, you don't need to plug in. And if you're not plugged in, you're not a part of things. And that's a problem. Whether, you know, whether you believe that or not, what I believe, um, which is maybe I shouldn't be telling people what I believe because I don't want to be on the list someplace. Oh, you're already but, on the list. Don't worry right. about that. See, your beard did that. It's, and then looking at the PFAs a little bit closer, like, so I've, you know, started reading about it and everything like that. It's um, a lot of that is found in the the belly meat of fish that nobody consumes. Right, you're consuming the fillets, right? So, it's and in then the fat. There was a lot of fat right, in the belly. Right. And then going down the rabbit hole a little bit further, did you see the new food pyramid from the government? No, I yeah, where they put uh, it's the shit. most read. Well, you shouldn't pay attention to that yet, but like people do, right? Ground beef is now on the bottom of the food pyramid. Like, do not consume if not needed, right? You know where Lucky Charms is? Fucking middle, right? So, like, the middle of the pack now is Lucky Charms. Yeah. Frosted sugar, wheat, like, all that stuff that, like, you yeah, and I were just talking about the other there. day. Yeah. Right, frosted, frosted mini-wheats is, like, high on the level of consumption, 
right? Do you, like, A, who's putting this shit out, right? B, who's listening to it? And C, like, when you're eating, like, wheat and sugar and gluten and dairy, are you feeling good? Because I'm not. Yeah. I feel fine. <sighs> I, I don't have the reaction from it that you guys do. Right. I, but, like, I have reactions from other shit. Right. And so, like, it's not invalid. It's good that you've listened to your body and the right. the messages that it's sending you and you yeah. have recognized and made the adjustments. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but it, that's absolutely fucking upside down of where it is. I mean, billion I, percent. I've lost a hundred and how many pounds? I was 398. I was 225 this morning. And like 60 to 80 pounds of that weight loss was consuming four to five pounds of ground beef a day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A day. Yep. Wow. So don't don't tell me it's not good for you. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but that's the message we're getting right now. It's yeah. not good for you. But so we're I mean, there's a million directions you could take this, but all these different conversations, the place where the people that are impacted the most by all these sorts of things are the folks that don't have it's all these disadvantaged communities, all these people that don't have the the nuclear family, they don't sure. have the support system at home, they don't get the the, the top end education. And so you look at this and you're like, the people that are going to be given that food pyramid and said that this is what you should do are the people that need, that are in the most need. Yeah. And that's in the, in the cities of our country. It's in the rural places of our country. It's not in Pittsburgh. It's not in Honey Falls. It's not yeah. in Naples. Like, yeah. you know, these yeah. communities are strong. You have pretty good financial situations. And that's the stuff that really drives me nuts because it's like, they wave all this stuff about it being like we have to take advantage of these disadvantaged areas, but yet we're continue to just keep those folks down. Well, you you, you guys know how expensive it is to eat clean. It's freaking it expensive as hell. Yeah. But you can go through uh you can go get a you know a, a any burger at a drive thru for a buck right now, you yeah. know? Uh, but like, you know, even as I've looked at that, so my kids like chicken nuggets mm-hmm. and french fries. Yep. Shocking. their kids isn't that interesting so we do that a lot right if i take both my kids uh to mcdonald's and i get them both what they want with chicken nuggets and fries i'm in it for 30 bucks 35 bucks what that's super expensive now so it's not cheap anymore either and instead like i I, what i could feed them with 35 to 40 bucks here they can like i could feed them for two nights yeah so I think there's – when I was a kid, it definitely was that way where it felt like it was the the inexpensive and, and easy route was to go fast food. It was also to go the processed microwave, yeah, you know, full like TV yeah. dinner, right, that turned into the microwave TV dinner that turned into Easy Mac that turned into all of this stuff, right? Um, and, you know, all of that. I guess it has its place in, in cert, for certain people in certain situations. And it's because, you know, I coming from, again, from the butchery world, from the restaurant world, you know, we talk about this a lot too, is, you know, in cities they talk about food deserts, right? Mm-hmm. And and th- that's, a, that's a really big issue, especially in a city like Rochester, dealing with places like Wegmans. Mm-hmm. Um, but... That it, create it, that create those food deserts that create them that uh, that try to uh, put a public face and greenwash the whole thing. Oh, greenwashing! Um, mm. But long story short, but it, it also happens from an ag- agricultural standpoint as well. I mean, all the food being produced in the center, most of the consumption being 
happening on the outsides, right? And now we're talking about what does it take to to get food from A to B into the the mouths of the people that need it, right? And so you know, all of these food inequities exists exist because of trying to set up systems that were easy to be able to feed as many people as efficiently as possible, right? And and unfortunately, what we've lost to quality of food, quality of life, quality of understanding, the attachment to food and and what it is beyond just fuel, what it can mean yeah. to enjoyment, what it can you know, uh, all of these, uh, these these ancillary things beyond just its core function of fuel. Um, but like it, people have lost that that connection. And 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 so that it, it's all just been done for the sake of efficiency. And yeah. so now we're at a point where there's this this culinary apathy. And that was something that we tried to, to combat at the butcher shop. And I know it's something that that hunters are actively trying to combat every single day when they're in the woods and they're trying to, you know, cause you know, seasons, right. You know, whether it's deer season bow or gun or it's, it's Turkey or, or, or other fowl or, or various other, uh, you know, seasons for various game and where you're traveling to, to be able to hunt those things and, and all of that. Right. And it's, um, so th- that self-sufficiency is, is an interesting standpoint, it, it, but the, the, and you, talked about it earlier too the the um the ability to to get things places the ability to um uh, you know how much does it cost to get something somewhere how how what was the ecological impact on getting it there uh the the monocrop farming that it took to to produce certain things the the methane buildup yes for <laughs> yeah. a, a a big feedlot farm in the 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 center central plains of this country versus a farmer who is doing things in a regenerative local based right right, you know because that's and that's a piece of the puzzle that and and that's one of the things i like about a guy like jason and i know that you get involved in things like this also which is land management Mm -hmm. right um, a lot of passionate about it. Yeah. Well, a lot of beef farmers will tell you if they're grass feeding an animal, they'll tell you that they're not a beef farmer. They're a grass farmer, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're there to grow grass. Yeah. Oh, by the way, that's just the fuel to feed the animals. Right. And that regenerative, regenerative, uh, impact that it has on soil and ecology in general all around is, I wish it, I wish there was a way to scale that up. Right. I wish there was a way to, you know, cause we were talking about electric cars and like the, the impetus is there. Right. And, but like, how do you, how do you overcome the infrastructure hurdle to get to where we, we think is a better place for us ecologically. Right. Well, how do we, how do we take that local regenerative model and yeah. scale it up? It, nobody's found a way to do it yet. And, yeah. and it's, and and venture capital seems like it's not exactly the best way to go about it, right? And so what? So that's what's going on on that end of the world. Yeah. But from hunting, you know, like you're talking about it, right? Like regulations on all kinds of different things, the 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 ecological impact on the animal itself, and what that does to your health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you talk about the the PFAs, like it makes you wonder. You know, I kill a deer that 
grew up here in Agland in Livingston County, that deer, literally the meat looks different. It tastes different yeah. than the deer that I kill in Naples 20 miles away yeah. that maybe saw a cornfield like once a week maybe. Yeah. And then once the corn was gone, there was no agriculture. It's just eating like woody brows and which would be like the tips of the of the branches sure. and acorns and hickory nuts, you know, so, like so it, totally different. So right. let's get right back to it. Like that yeah. question I asked you a while ago, like what is the, the, the culinary step that you're looking to take? Me personally? Yeah. <clears throat> I, for me, our family history, I mean, it's generations of hunters and, but like my dad's generation with his, him and his brothers, they kind of got more into, it always used to be you shoot the deer, you take it to the processor. Yeah. And then when the processor was in Lima, New York, when that processor, he got old and retired, um, he, my dad and his brother said, well, we're going to have to start doing this ourselves because we're not going to stop this lifestyle. So they started butchering at my, at the house I grew up at in my dad's garage, called it the Bean Hill Meat Cutters, local 9638. That was the address. <laughs> um, so that was like our joke. You know, we had like a meat cutters yeah. union. Love it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and so that's evolved to now, you know, 25. Well, that was, it was, I'm 35. So this probably going back 40 years that my family's been butchering meat, deer, and, you know, there's always evolutions and growing, but now as my brother and I are now in our thirties and like each year we're getting more adventurous and trying new things instead of just doing, you know, you always make a steak out of this and you always do yeah. this with this chunk of yeah. meat, like trying different things. And the big thing for me, the last couple of years has been doing like cured meats, like summer sausage and trying to do different things with link sausage in particular and um and that adventure has just been so much fun because now it's stuff like before when you just did you know you get out of a out of an average sized deer you might get 35 40 pounds of meat on a 140 pound buck and you're going to get your main cuts your back straps your your roasts and the rest of it you're going to burger and then we would just do that we just like burg just grind yeah. it all yeah. and now so instead of having just all this taco meat or making burgers now it's like I go to cookouts and I I'm the sausage guy. I'm either bringing really yeah Abe wow. Abe Proben Abe Proben sausage. He doesn't get this reference. I don't get it at all. No oh no goodness. shot. He's 35. There's no way. I mean, did you Ferris, you're, Ferris Bueller? You're Abe Proben, the sausage king of Chicago. Are you getting snooty? <laughs> Snotty. Right over. We're gonna give you some homework. Okay. Uh, so right. Ferris Bueller, I need to watch Ferris it. Bueller's Day Off. Okay, just that I, scene. I, it's I'll, I'll Google it. Yeah, I'm just not sure what kind of childhood you had anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, he's just young. VHS big, tapes, like that was the that that was that was the 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 blueprint for how to like stay home sick from school. I remember watching it, but I don't. I guess I wasn't. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for you. Yeah, me too. I'm, this, so, anyways, we're getting I'm back disappointed. To it. But now, now it's me going. You know, my wife and I, we go to these cookouts and go and hang out with our friends at their pool during the summer. And, and that's dope. And I'm the guy bringing the homemade sausage, either summer sausage with crackers and cheese, and bringing a, a roll up of, how of many, sausage that uh, now has got, you know, high temp cheese and peppers and onions in it. How many, how many people do you put that in front of that are just like, ah, not for me? I, I haven't had anybody refuse to Nobody, eat right? No. So where is the... Like how do you get outwardly? They might they might walk away. Yeah, but I every and maybe it's you know that's how it is with me too. But like any piece of game that I put in front of somebody is like I can't believe this is venison or I can't but like this is this is amazing. And how do you get them from 
like working backwards from like you just consumed venison and you like it to getting them like like to harvest their own deer. Yeah. Which seems like a huge gap, but it's not really that big of a gap. Because no, any one of those guys would be like, hey man, can you help me? Like, can you help me hunt? And yeah. and how many of those guys are you gonna say no to? Right. I've I've gone through that with two of my best friends um from high school. Ne- neither of them had hunters in their family. They didn't yep. they never hunted and went through the process with both of them. And the one, uh, my buddy Connor Holly lives right here in Honey Falls. And he, he, I took him hunting with me. He had hunted for a couple of years, no success doing it on his own. And I took him for a walk on some state land down by our camp. And it was just a picture perfect day. And we walked all the way to the top of the mountain, you know, 700 foot climb. Didn't really see a whole lot. We got towards the top of the hill and saw some fresh tracks. And I'm like, why don't you sit here? And I'm going to do a loop around this the side hill and see if I can kick anything up to you. Nothing happened. I come back to him. So don't we, it's like midday, and don't we end up crossing over the, the logging road and come across, it was maybe a foot of snow, and there was a very good acorn crop that year. So when, you know, the deer would just start digging, like they yeah. would just, it looks like just, they're just they digging knew. holes for they acorns. They need to go back in. Yeah. 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 And on the front side of this hill, it's got the sun shining on it, sunny day. And it was just picture perfect. And we come up on this fresh digging in the snow and I go, Connor, there are deer. Like they're here, like we're right behind them. So we just start stalking and it wasn't 50 yards. We crest over the hill and I see the, the ass of a deer facing away from us, head down. Just, it wasn't even, it wasn't even straight away. It was like quartering and almost broadside and just head in a foot of snow <laughs> yeah. eating. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Like this is happening. Yeah. And he, I got, I stayed behind him, coached him and he went tree to tree, keeping trees between him and the deer. And he got to like 50 yards, you know, braced on the tree with his, he had, uh, it was open sights, single shot, 12 gauge, 20 wow. gauge and just double ringed it. Yeah. Perfect shot right behind Died the shoulder. It, the deer, the deer jumped and turned yeah. and ran maybe 15 yards piled up done Which and like he did was that done before it knew it that emotion with him like my one of the kids i we were roommates in college grew up and we literally i remember the day i met him third grade like super close friends all of a sudden that bond now that we have and now he, i'm gonna help him we're processing his deer on the hill you know getting the the guts out mm-hmm. and then we drag it down this mountain which you know these mountains yeah, down there yeah, yeah and put it in his car and go home with him to hang it in the garage and then his kids are all excited and then he takes it to the processor and he ends up having, you know, 25, 30 pounds of meat that they just devoured. Like they yeah. just, they loved it. That's and he great. was hooked for life. Yeah. So like trying to, you know, he had been exposed to that all along, but that jumping block to get himself into it, it is, it's a, it's, yeah. it's, there's so enough it almost, barriers to entry to it. But. So it sounds to me like your, your excitement level is almost about, kinship and and sharing what you have which is awesome right that's where i've evolved to for and, sure. once you plug and, somebody into that it's oh my god it's the best it's amazing and you know the the preservation end of it right like the the summer sausage right so i look at hunting primal right like it it almost doesn't get any more primal than that you are hunting to survive to eat right um well, the, what was the next step, right? It was either you have to consume everything that's in front of you mm-hmm. or you have to figure out how to make it last. And so 
like that necessity. And it's one of the things that I loved about butchery. And it's one of the things that, um, that I loved about taking my culinary experience, my, my, my training as a, a chef and applying it into butchery is taking those things that we used to do strictly for necessity that are now a part of a quality of life. Right. But, but taking those, those techniques and, and doing them justice and applying them to still be able to have these wonderful things, right? Summer sausage, most people, they, they just think Pepperidge Farm, the, the weird gift that, you know, was re-gifted to them. It just sits on the shelf. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. But like, but also, if, if, it's, if there's summer sausage cut up on a, a, a cutting board, everybody's going to reach for it. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's a cool entry point, making, like, snack sticks, cool entry point. And that's, those are very approachable before you start going anywhere towards a fermented and dried, right? Like, an, and or anything along those lines. But, like, you know, when we were, when I worked for one of my mentors, we did a lot of venison processing, and we would just hand out, like, the menu, Right. And it was, here's all the stuff that we're going to make for you. Yes, we're going to we're going to cut it 50 50 with pork, but everything from emulsified bolognese and hot dogs all the way down to fresh sausages, we would, you know, cure and air dry mussels for people and stuff like that, too. Right. So like everything from your super approachable hot dog all the way up to like we were air drying legs. Right. So, you know, all around the board. And that's like you know how far can you take it how far do you want to take it how far does the how far should you take it like or or is venison simple and we can keep it that i think way. it's everything because that's it's, where it's beautiful i think it's all that combined yeah. i think it's you know when i hear <clears throat> people i don't think i can kill an animal if you're eating meat you're part of that process <laughs> you know like it's happening on your behalf one way or the other um Greg was saying the other day, Greg's like, I don't think I could ever kill an animal. And he acknowledges it though. But no, and it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's um I th- what's what which is better, being the assassin or being like paying the assassin. And then Well yeah, there's a guilt factor that people yeah, don't want a part of. Yeah, and I think like for me personally, I think you kinda especially in the hunting world, you need to there's no part of me that doesn't have remorse for that animal. I think that's the difference between, you know, us as humans and the rest of nature is nature has no remorse whatsoever. Like, na- go on nature is metal. You guys saw that? Mm-hmm. Nature is metal? Mm-hmm. Just check that out and, like, realize that, like, nature is fucking brutal. What we're doing is pretty concise. And if I, if, if the Lord gives me the choice to say, would you rather be a cow, a pig, or a deer? Give me the deer because the deer is living. It's, you know, it's living, living its life. You know, it, it is a good life and it sure as shit isn't getting in line to watch all of its buddies slaughtered in front of it. Mm. You know, it's going to die hopefully super fast by the hand of a well-trained marksman. Mm-hmm. Give me that life. Give me that death. None of us are getting out alive. <laughs> None of us are. But uh, in, the, the idea that like you're, you're removing yourself from the process doesn't mean the process doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, that I always say that's the difference between, um, being uneducated and ignorant is Mm -hmm. intention. Yeah. Right. Like it, if you are intentionally uneducated, you are ignorant. Right. 
that so uh, I try to like correct people when they're like, well, I'm just I'm I'm a little ignorant to that. I'm like, okay, well, that means that you were trying to be that way. You're you you don't want to learn about it. Yeah. If you just are uneducated, that's fine. Yeah. Let me teach you. Right. Mm-hmm. Let let's let's figure out how to level you up just a little bit. Right. How um, many people ask you for venison every year? People ask me for it a lot of times. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll bring it. And it's like, mm, like, because I'm not just going to hand that stuff out to people that I feel like are just not. That's an interesting question, but like, there's people that say that they want meat, yeah, and they have all the ability in the world. They might have been, a, they might have hunted before, but they just don't. They can't yeah, get themselves to go out and do it. There's a difference between like the elder that's hunted their whole life. No, but there's like, people I know that are fully capable, right? That have. They yeah. have the archery equipment. They have the gun, but they don't have the give a damn to go out and do it. Yeah. I have a hard time handing a package of meat over to that person because it's like, do you well, have any sacred. idea how hard yeah, it's I worked for that? That meat is sacred to me. Like my style of hunting is not going and sitting. Like I do hunt farmland, but it's not sitting over a field and just cherry picking deer. Yeah. I get excited yeah, about going yeah. up the side I of the mountain. I enjoy the work. Yeah, you, he and I both enjoy the suffering, killing, which I think is a part of it. Too. Killing a deer on the side of a mountain miles from a road and having to quarter yeah. it and process it in the field and carry it out, like that is primitive. Like you talked about earlier. Like, and I, you just, and as I think it's as you become more aware and get older, like I was doing some of that stuff six years ago, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really like life. I, I hadn't really started processing life yet. I feel like the birth yeah. of my children kind of changed my perspective of things. It's funny the Benjamin Button aspect of you get older, you get wiser. What you want is more simple. You you mm-hmm. dial everything way back. It, it, they 100%. talk about quarterbacks in in the NFL how how the game Quiet slows down, down. Yeah. and like I, I definitely feel in my adult life pulling all of it back right it's not blinders i'm still seeing it all it's just where i'm not I'm, gonna get too worried about what that. i'm it's, focusing on and giving bandwidth to is just a lot different right yeah, and yeah, a lot, for yeah, sure that's great yeah. man yeah yeah and that's and and that's the piece there like i think all of us are seeking something that can give us peace and give us time to think and like be comfortable with where we're at and what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. And for me, it's become this adventure hunting, getting out in nature, doing things that are really, really hard. Yeah. If I'm doing that and my friends are like, oh my God, like you're a billy goat. How'd you get up the hill? I'm like, I don't say anything, but I'm just like, you know what? It's because I work out four or five days a week all year long to train for this. Yeah. And yeah. that's why. Yeah. And you don't yeah. do any of that. Yeah. So I enjoy hearing you complain coming up the hill behind I'm going to see, I'm going to, and this is a new aspect for myself as well because after you know i used my knee injury my i've had three not this one <laughs> you sons of bitches you know what maybe i'll just go i'll just leave there's some ice right out yeah. there you could whoa whoop slip and fall just, how's your just dip uh, it right in. homeowner's insurance just dip, just just <laughs> dip it in baby. so i to to talk about is that i had reconstructive knee surgery in the military and i used that like no pun intended, is a big crutch. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. But then changing my diet and then realizing like that, you know, I have a dairy intolerance that causes inf- inflammation and yeah. I have a gluten intolerance that causes inflammation and then cutting that stuff out and then losing a bunch of weight, I can fucking do anything, yep. right? And like, it's exciting to do anything. And like, I wonder how much of that, like I missed out on that I want to see now. Like the, one of my fondest memories in the last year was like hauling that moose on my back off the mountain. Yeah, it's awesome. Like, you know, eight thousand, nine thousand feet, thin air, like you know, that was a 
fucking cool you're living. experience. Yeah. And like, but like, you're living. And, and like, I'm here for that too, right? Because if it's not hard, yeah, are, are you moving, right? Like, are you just on the treadmill? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Like, and there's something to be said about being on the treadmill, right? It, you're, it's, yeah, still, yeah. it's still working. But man, a goal, something that's hard, something you got to push yourself for, something that is... Um, that requires the the word achievement, mm-hmm. right? I'm here for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, and and that can be that can be hiking up a mountain to find the spot to to get your kill. That could be getting your kill out of the wild back to where you're going to consume pemmican. Could be anything that like it could be getting your kids ready to get to school yeah. in the morning. It yeah. could be so many different things, and you know. It, uh, for me, finding, finding, uh, the ability to enjoy purpose in the ways that I haven't defined it before is important because I am a go do, I am a, um, provide for i've never hunted in my life but i am a provider that's gonna change i am i am a i want to make sure that everyone who is important to me has everything that they need at any given point and if they don't i've already got a plan for it and it's in the works yeah that's just that's just me right and like so goals boom like I, you just gotta have them. Yeah. Well, talking to my my nineteen year old daughter today is uh, doing a working interview at a veterinary clinic, right? So big deal. This is like a this is what she wants to do. This is like, and me the other day, like, and I know I'm being a, a nag, you know, but I'm like, make sure that you do a little grocery shopping and you have like, she deals with like she gets hangry, you know, she gets mad when she's hangry and like. And like, make sure you're setting yourself up like days before and like, do your laundry, do this stuff, make sure you're, you know, you're adjusting your sleep schedule, all those things. And it's like, I'm not saying that to her because like this, like do as I say, not as I do, because I've adjusted all those things and become more successful because of them. And I'm trying to like, you know, pass that along to her, which I mean, she's pretty kick-ass as it is already, but it's, um, it is these little things that you set yourself up for that make attaining those goals so much easier and putting yourself outside of like that comfort zone of like, you know, I, I, somewhere along the line that it's been sticking with me forever is comfort wants you dead. Like the more comfortable you are, it's probably because you're not in the right spot. If you're not in over your head a little bit, you're probably not swimming right. And like all those things that like you put yourself into over and over again, that, break you a little bit make you grow on the other end which i think is what we're here to do I'm like we're not here to yeah. you know to to be complacent and look at things like and I, I thought about this morning i'm like what am i scared of right now what am i not doing right now that i should probably be doing and how do i tackle that and you know that's my next goal for like you know next week is like what am i doing that i'm not doing right now that i should be doing yep you know well, what we did today was have a nice conversation. It was a beautiful conversation. I smell sausage cooking. Mm. Oh, that was me. I'm sorry. <laughs> was that a Ferris Bueller joke? No. I'm just wondering. No, that's just no. me being me. Okay. No. That's what I, so if anybody is watching or heard or I, 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 when I got up and walked away, it's not because I didn't want to listen to Jason. I was 
turning the sausage over in the pan. Because you been, brought us sausage. Yeah. So we have some of your sausage that you were excited to share. So like, since we're not going to share it with everybody that's on there, I mean, what did you make? So that is chorizo um, venison sausage. Yeah. So it, And I think that's got – it has a cheese in it. Okay. I'm not sure what cheese is in it. It might be Swiss. Mm-hmm. Our cheese selection was a little off this year. Yeah, we exactly. sent dad to get the stuff, and he, I'm like, Swiss? No, the old Swiss like, I want a pepper though. jack. Yeah. So, but it still tastes good. Yeah, yeah. yeah of um, And I'll just power through the 15 pounds of it that I have that I'm not unhappy with the way it tastes. This is the stuff you give away. No. This no. is the stuff it, where that's, like, I was going through the thing. You're right, because I was going through the freezer this morning. I was like, mm, mm, not that one. Mm, no. This is the stuff. This is this will be good enough for yeah. the boys. When we were talking about, not, we were talking about it, it was like, giving away venison it's like if you're asking me for venison and you're not like an elderly person like and you have the capability to hunt or your husband has the capability to hunt um that's sexist it, that you would say it that totally is and i probably shouldn't have said it but like if you have the ability to obtain venison on your own and you're asking me for it it makes me think a lot less of you and there it is uh so what do you i just don't ask yeah no so that i can maintain I, my integrity it, it, I heard somewhere, read somewhere, if uh, if you're not invited, don't ask to go. You know, which was like a really, sure. you know, and I think I readily give you venison. 100%. And, you offer it and, all the and time. And intentionally so because I want you. It's like the first one's free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, this stuff's pretty good. Yeah. And then all Start of a sudden, scratching your neck. I don't and... know if you know this too, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not the first time I've tasted venison. But I had venison. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, so well, I, so I, I'm excited to eat that. That's for sure. I mean, like we gave that a nice little like low and slow treatment in the cast iron. Yeah, I'm pretty fired up about it. that. Yeah, man. So I'm excited to, to munch on that for a second. But uh, appreciate you coming by, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I I can't wait to like pick your brain a little bit more about you know some of the process you've been through. You know, with with creating your podcast and and you know going on the road and 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 getting guests and and you know, uploading things. There's so many like technological questions that I have, uh, you know, as I'm going through this process too. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to go through that. Yeah. I, I hope to do more of this with you guys. This conversation was super easy yeah. and, uh, it's fun to get to sit down with people and cause there's no distraction. Mm-hmm. We're just having a conversation about, we had no idea what we were going to talk about. And that's the sort of stuff I love. Like just, you don't know what you're going to open up. You don't know what you're going to learn about each other. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. So I appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate having you, my man. I didn't get the memo about the flannels today. <laughs> you guys were. I'm surprised you're you're like the flannel guy. I'm breaking molds, pal. And I was also concerned. <laughs> yeah. Like you have an orange one that I really really like. And so when I bought this one, I was like, shit, we're gonna have to, to coordinate. Gonna have nice to coordinate. One. Make sure. Nice one. I've uh, I'm getting away from flannels. Yeah, because everybody thinks I wear them all the time. I mean, and you do. I'm a. I, you haven't seen me in flannel in months. Not true. True. When I when I came over and uh, cut perch with you, you were wearing a flannel, a red one. Oh yeah, that's only. But that's an outdoor jacket. So uh, that's a 1940s Woolrich. You don't have to explain yourself. That's my perch cutting flannel. You don't talk shit about that. Outdoor fashion <laughs> tips from Jason Ellsworth coming up on the next meeting.